Orcus, the ocean in us. The sense of regional identity of being Pacific Islanders is felt most acutely in the movement towards a nuclear-free and independent Pacific. Apelli, Alpha, Tongan and Fijian writer. Orcus dances with the Leviathans. Nuclear submarines are part of a contest of bicapitalist countries, including China, for supremacy over the oceans. United States, despite not being part of the region, wishes to extend its influence into the South China Sea. Australia has dutifully fallen in line with the Americans against its major trading partner, China. This is what Keating said to the National Press Club on the 15th of March, 2023. Yeah, look, China is, China is a lonely state. That's the truth of it. They would fall over themselves having a proper relationship with us. Fall over themselves. When we supply their iron ore, which keeps their, their really industrial base going, and there's nowhere else but us to get it. You know, we provide them wheat, we provide them all, all sorts of things, investment, what have you. They, they are 12 flying hours from us. We have a continent of our own, a border with no one, no border disputes with them. Perfect. No, no, we've manufactured a problem. <laughs> you know, don't let the sleeping dogs lie. You know, we've given the old dog a kicking, you know. Um, and, and, and so instead of saying, you see, one of the points I've made here and what's one of the principal problems of this deal is that defence has overtaken foreign policy. In the debate so far, Paul Keating has questioned the strategic and economic basis for this decision. He said it is also a challenge to Australian sovereignty. At no stage has Keating questioned the safety of nuclear technology as a means to power AUKUS submarines. He has also said that diesel-powered submarines are not as easily detected because of their size and the engines can be switched off, therefore enabling them to be silent and less detectable. Keating has merely stated that the torpedoes and missiles delivered by submarines are conventional weapons and not nuclear armed. Why isn't there more talk of the risks to humans and the environment of high-grade enriched uranium nuclear reactors carried on subs prowling the oceans? Whatever happened to the Nuclear Disarmament Party of the 1980s? In the 1970s and 80s, the export of Australian uranium was linked to the proliferation of nuclear weapons through the nuclear fuel cycle. Popular campaigns were mounted against nuclear warships coming to Australia after the Australian government committed to become part of the nuclear club by mining and exporting uranium. On the 15th of March 2023, Peter Garrett, who served as Labor MP for Kingsford Smith between 2004 and 2013 and was Minister for the Environment from 2007 to 2010, tweeted after the Labor Party government sold out to AUKUS. Peter Garrett, I don't share Keating's benign view of China, nor his disdain for Labor ministers, but he's right. This AUKUS deal stinks with massive cost, loss of independence, weakening nuclear safeguards and more. Former Labor Environment Minister Peter Garrett has gone one step further saying, for now we are going to be, we are going the time warp again 
a vassal state is set to become a nuclear vessel state. Garrett, forever the anti-communist, stressed that he did not share the benign view of China espoused by former Prime Minister Paul Keating when he said that China was not a military threat to Australia. But why would China cut off trade routes with Australia that have been so beneficial to it in iron ore and wheat in one direction and such a good market for its manufactured goods in the other direction? Whatever happened to the nuclear disarmament party that Peter Garrett was once part of? At the 1984 federal election, voters opposed to the Labor's decision to mine and export uranium swung to the NDP and polled 7.23%, that's over 640,000 votes of the total Senate vote, electing Joe Valentine as Senator for Western Australia. It was Peter Garrett who saw to it that the Socialist Workers' Party was expelled from the NDP. The Australian Democrats, who had similar policies against uranium mining and export as part of a broader platform, also received a peace protest vote in the 1984 election. These results were seen as a reprimand to the Labor Party. Women for Survival protests in November of 1983 began against Pine Gap US base and in 1984 against the use of Cockburn Sound, Western Australia, by the US Navy. They were also indicative of a trend in in Australian public opinion which the Sydney anti-warship movement was soon to take up. Donna Russo in Dancing with Leviathan. Neither of these political parties concerned about the environment still exist. Their place has been taken by the Greens. The Greens spokesperson, David Shoebridge, concentrated on the economic and military aspects of the AUKUS deal. David Shoebridge. With this one decision, Labor is mortgaging our future in order to stoke regional tensions with a dangerous escalation in regional defence spending. The Greens, I believe, should be coming out strongly against the nuclear aspect of the AUKUS agreement. So where is the anti-nuclear movement now? Friends of the Earth say AUKUS disrupts a very peaceful part of planet Earth. Can Britain deliver on the AUKUS deal? Rear Admiral retired Philip Matthias wrote to the Times in London on the 16th of March 2023, and this is what he said. Sir, Britain does not have the capacity or effective leadership to provide the huge level of support required by Australia to build its own nuclear submarine fleet. The performance of the Submarine Delivery Agency has been abysmal. Astute class submarines are being delivered late by BAE Systems. HMS Vanguard's refit by Babcock has taken more than seven years and none of our 22 commissioned nuclear submarines have been dismantled, which is disgraceful. The in-service date for HMS Dreadnought was 2024, but now it is the early 2030s. It is also astonishing that the new Director-General Nuclear, Madeleine McTernan, has no previous nuclear expertise, nor did her predecessors, 
in spite of being responsible for submarine procurement, disposal and infrastructure. This collective failure of leadership has resulted in significant extra cost and loss of submarine availability. It appears that those advising the Prime Minister on AUKUS have focused on the strategic benefits and economies of scale and not on the substantial risks of delivery given the UK's woeful performance and Australia's lack of nuclear submarine expertise. This is not a winning combination. This UK and Australian element of AUKUS is high risk for both countries. A bilateral only agreement between US and Australia would stand a far greater chance of success. Rear Admiral Retired Philip Matthias, UK Director of Nuclear Policy 2005 to 2008 and Trident Value for Money Review 2010, South Sea Hunts. This AUKUS decision by the Labor Party government has caused disunity within the Labor movement. Several Labor Party branches and unions have come out against the decision. I'm wondering if the AUKUS debate will be the main focus at the peace rally in March on Palm Sunday. That rally is in held in Brisbane on, at 1pm on Sunday the 2nd of April in King George Square and it's under the slogan Peace Not War, End Offshore Detention, End the Ban on Indonesian Resettlement, No War on China, Cancel AUKUS. This is the end of running on the waves. We have poured out like water. Who will dance? The mast-lashed master of leviathans up from this field of Quakers in their unstoned graves. Robert Lau. And this is Ian Kerr, 4PR Voice of the People, signing off and going out with the Beatles song, Yellow Submarine. See ya. In the town where I was born lived a man who sailed to sea and he told us of his life in the land of submarines so we sailed unto the sun till we found the sea of green and we lived beneath the waves in our yellow submarine
one of us. 